Hey guys, welcome back. Another episode of Foyer Chats Podcast. We are so excited and just so grateful that you are here. Thank you so much for listening to these episodes, believing in us, sharing your thoughts and excitement with us. So it's just been such a dream and I just feel like we haven't said thank you enough. So yeah, that's how I want to start today. But here with another episode this week is me, Kelsey Prasma, and your co-host, Emma Jo Wassink. And today we got to interview Chloe from Chloe Creative Studios. She is the founder and creative director for her studio. It's a Show It Shopify and WordPress web designer and developer studio. And she focuses on serving those in the health and wellness space. And Chloe aims to build websites with functionality and stunning designs that will help you stop blending in with all your competitors and stand out. She is a Jesus follower, chocolate chip cookie lover, and coffee, of course, and just the sweetest soul you'll ever meet. So today, we talked all about niching down and the power of finding and living and leaning into your niche as a business owner. Chloe has had incredible success with this, and I can't wait for you to hear all about how she has done this, and especially at such a young age, she is killing it. Girlfriend is 22 and taking the world by storm. So without further ado, let's jump into this podcast episode with Chloe and you're going to love her. Hey, hey friends, I'm Kelsey and I'm Emma and you're listening to Foyer Chats. Here in the foyer, we talk all things business, lifestyle and everything in between. Come for the coffee shop style chats, leave with a fire under your booty to take on all the things. All right, Emma, you ready to dive in? Heck yeah, let's go. Hey, hey, Chloe, welcome to the pod. (laughs) We're so pumped to have you today. Oh my gosh, y'all, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes. Okay, I want to just jump right in. Let's hear a little bit about you. We kind of told people a little bit already, but tell us who is Chloe behind Chloe Creative Studios and how did you get started in this career path? Of course. So yes, I am Chloe Thomas. I am a 22-year-old business owner. So many people are like, oh my gosh, you're 22. Um, but I yeah, I'm based, it. yeah, I'm based in North Carolina and I basically am a branding and website designer for dietitians. And throughout the show, we're kind of going to be talking about niching down and I am someone who is so for niching. Um, but we work with dietitians. We work outside of dietitians as well, if it's a great fit. But, um, I basically started this career whenever I was a freshman in college, I had a major in information technology and I was the only, or one of four girls out of a class of about 30 guys. And so as you can imagine, my classes were just so boring, filled with all of the masculinity content. What, what um, is that degree? Can I ask that? Maybe that's a dumb question, but what does oh that Oh my mean? gosh. So yeah, I had a business administration degree with a focus in information technology. And so information technology is basically all of the business techie things. So I had classes nice. in project management, database development, 
website development and mobile application development. So, oh my gosh. I think yeah. I need to go take whatever courses you did right now. That's what I'm doing right now. So. Okay. Yeah. So I have lots of um, coding experience, which yeah. as you can imagine, it was super boring. But um, with all of that, I really wanted a creative outlet that was more fun more like graphic design based because I was mainly focused on the nitty gritty coding details. So I started my business as a freshman and was kind of just doing projects for people around me in Sanford that they needed some graphic design experience. And with that, I got on Instagram, got on social media, and it began. That's crazy. So you started as a freshman in college. Yes, I did. Yep. Wow. That's was it hard? (laughs) Was it hard to finish school in like when you have this business just booming? And I I would so rather work on your business than do homework. I did. I left. (laughs) Props to you. Yeah. So it was really hard, honestly. Um, I know that my roommates would probably say that I was never the fun person. I wasn't like the partying type. I never went out. I was. I was always homesick, even though my home was only 30 minutes away. And so kind of to get rid of that homesickness, I dove into homework. I dove into my business. Um, And so I would spend countless nights in my room just doing fun things. And I'm actually an integrator um, sort of business type. So I like to build things. I don't necessarily see the vision. So I just sit there, sit there, sit there and build, build, build. And then I'm just hoping that the vision will come into place one day. Interesting. I love it. So this is so fun. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about your business now. What? So you told us about your niche and like, what are your favorite parts of it? What um, you do? You build out full websites, full branding suites, all of that. Kind of what? What is your um, products that you offer? Yeah. So I just do basically fully custom brand suites and fully custom website designs. And if you're new into like the branding world, so many of my clients have no idea what branding actually consists of. So we basically take into consideration how your business began. So strategy, brand strategy part, we don't necessarily just design logos for the fun of it because that would have no purpose at all. So what we do is we dive into business strategy, meaning why did you start your business? Why are you targeting the people that you want to target? It's very psychological in that aspect. And I think business is very psychological because we're trying to get into people's minds and get them to buy our services or buy our product. And so we really hone into that. And then same thing with color psychology. We dive into why do we like certain colors? Why do we choose certain colors in our business? It's not necessarily because our eyes like to look at it. It has to have a meaning and feeling behind colors. So we do all of that, and then we design full brand suites, which is primary logos, secondary, submark stamps, patterns, icons, basically all of the identity collateral designs that make a business look pretty on the outside. And then usually after we get done with that, we do fully custom website designs. So this is where my expertise comes into play because I kind of want to create something that makes someone want to buy your service or product. I don't want someone to be on your website and just be like, okay, I like this website, but I just want to leave because I don't really, I'm not interested. Um, Obviously the main goal is for someone to book with us or to buy our service and product. And so I want to make that happen through a functional, great looking website. And that's what we get to do. Is the website part your favorite part of it? 
Yes. So yeah. as of recently, I um, began outsourcing things. So That's I just could I not handle. <laughs> yeah, I could not handle anything anymore. And I always say I handle all of the website direction here at CCS, but I do give off my branding to someone else. She's a brand designer on our team. And it's not because I don't like branding. I think just as my business grows that I didn't have a passion for graphic design anymore because I didn't major in it. I didn't really spend years studying that. And so I handed that off and we still offer it. And I just gave it to somebody who that's their passion. And I do think that that's why our business is so great and ever changing because I kind of outsource things that people like to do and I don't. And um, I'm just kind of learning as I grow. It's so, so smart because it just helps you stay in your genius zone. Like that's clearly what, like you just talked about the website portion of that way more than the other stuff. So it's like, it's clear that that's what you're just really good at. So that's so smart of you to be outsourcing the rest of it and just, yeah, knowing where your zone of genius is. Yeah. It's also great for my, um, just like my mind because I'm like, y'all, I am too busy. I'm tired of doing this. Can someone else please do it? I just had my, which maybe I'll announce it by the time this comes out, but I just hired my first employee. She started yesterday, (laughs) so I'm very excited about that. But for that same reason, like there's just been things where I'm like, you know what, this is something that I need to not be doing anymore because it's not my, it's not my zone of genius. So this is awesome. Okay. So you touched a little bit on the benefits of having a niche, even when you were talking about the branding, as far as knowing who your ideal client is and how to talk directly to them. So let's talk about niching a little bit here. Um, What are the benefits that you see just right off the bat of having a super, super specific niche? And maybe, um, oh, maybe you can talk about how you picked your own niche as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think in business and even in the creative industry, having a small and specific niche is really seen as a disadvantage. So I have literally had so many people come to me like, you are limiting so many people coming to you because you put in your bios or you put on your website that you are only wanting to work with dietitians. And technically, yes, I am limiting myself. But whenever people come to my profile, I want them to know who I'm working with. And if you're not in that specific area, it might not be a great fit. Um, And this honestly just sets you up for being the professional in a certain field. And I like to tell people that to think of this as public speaking. So imagine giving a speech to 100 people versus 10 people. Whenever you speak to the group of 10 people, you're probably going to have more interaction, more people asking questions, more involvement, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the same thing with niching down. Whenever you're trying to attract an ideal audience and you're trying to attract somebody in 4,000 groups of people versus only 400, you're going to attract and bring more in with the 400 group of people versus the 4,000. And so it really, really, really has benefited my business so much in taking off whether that be profit or just exposure because I know my ideal client down to the T. Some business owners might not, and I think that's probably their disadvantage where they're doing something too broad. So when I first started my business in um, freshman year of college, I was targeting women entrepreneurs. And so as you know, huge crowd, female entrepreneurs, how many of y'all like are out there? There's so many. And with that, I was in such a saturated market where 
I had no idea who I was talking to because there was thousands of them out there. I had no idea in my marketing strategy who I wanted to follow or anything like that. And I didn't have a clear direction. So whenever I switched things over, probably a few few years later, um, niching down into dietitians, I then was able to follow my ideal client, search around on hashtags that they were hanging around at, and then honestly just engaging with them and figuring out their type of lifestyle and buying actions, which caused them to want to book me for their services. So how did you, it's so, so good. I'm so interested in this specific category. How did you, you know, narrow in on, on dietitians in the health industry like that? Yeah. So I actually, one of my first ever clients was a dietitian in private practice based out in Colorado. So whenever I first started, like I said, I was targeting those female entrepreneurs. So I was basically accepting any client that came my way. So whenever this dietitian came to me, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, And she was my first website client and I was very transparent and we'll talk more about this later, but I am such a transparent person. I will literally tell you everything because I like love honesty. And so I was upfront with her like, hey, you know, I am new in business and you are going to be my first website client. I did want you to know that before I start working on anything. And she was like, you know what? I am so excited to give you this opportunity. Let's do it. So we hopped on so many calls. She was literally the kindest person ever. And um, during our time together, I learned so much about women's health. And I probably was so naive at the time, not knowing a lot of these things, but she specifically focused in PCOS and fertility. And I was just so like, just caught off guard by all the things that I did not know. And so after our project together, she still uses her brain and website that I did years ago. And she started referring me to all these other dietitians because she thought that I just did so well in that industry. Um, And then after that, I started learning so many different aspects of health and wellness that I have never known before. Pre-diabetes, intuitive eating, gut health, all these things that I'm like, I have no idea that I was doing these things or seeing these symptoms. Um, And they always chat about like root cause. So now whenever I have a headache, I don't jump immediately to take some medicine. I kind of assess what did I do that day to cause me to get a headache? And then let's reassess that. And they just honestly, every project that I have, I get to learn something. And that is just really rewarding to me. I don't necessarily want to have a client where they're just gaining for me and I'm gaining nothing. I want to also gain knowledge as well. And so that's why I just absolutely love working with dietitians. Yeah. So it's something that you're genuinely interested in. And it just turned into your niche kind of so cool. Yes, exactly. And like, I mean, who knew that I would learn about all these fun things that I can apply to my own life. And I mean, sometimes like pre-diabetic dietitian wouldn't apply to me because I'm not pre-diabetic, but it would be awesome to know those key points. If maybe I know someone in my family that might be pre-diabetic or something. And so they have direct effect on me and my life. And I just think that it's amazing. And I just love learning about that content. That's so cool. Oh, man. it's It just probably makes work more fun as well, just because it's so interesting. So I'm curious, how would you, I mean, I think people can hear that and and apply it to their industry when they're thinking about niching down, but how would you help somebody else who is maybe where you were in the beginning in such a huge, wide, saturated industry? How do you help them figure out what their niche should be? And 
like how does that sometimes play into sometimes I think people get scared that there's not enough business in that niche Mm -hmm. and how do you help them overcome that? I honestly would just kind of switch my mindset and say, you know what, instead of a saturated market being one of a thousand designers, I can be in a non-saturated market and be maybe one of two. So honestly, whenever I picked my niche working with dietitians, I of course did my research on competitors. I looked around to see what designers out there there were. And I do know that I have two competitors. And so two competitors really is not huge in a market of other entrepreneurial worlds out there. Um, So just switching your mindset and saying, you know what, I don't want to be one of a thousand. I want to be one of three. And I think that quickly changes my mindset and gives me confidence that I can position myself as a professional. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, knowing your ideal client, their behaviors and all of that is going to really pick a play in the psychological aspect of getting them to buy and purchase your product or service. So for an example, I know my niche so well that I know where they shop. I know what they do on their free time. I know what colors they like, and I know what language they want to hear. So dietitians, they spend most of their time, even if they're not in private practice, working. So they do those 12-hour shifts where they're like, oh my gosh, like I need to lay down. I don't need anything. So I personally know to not sell to them. I don't want them to be so pressured by, hey, here's this offer, here's this offer, here's this service, I'm offering this discount because they don't have time to do those things. They don't have time to worry about what their next investment is. And so instead, I focus more on education and providing free resources because that's what they need in their time. They might not have the money or the time to invest in me. And so with that, I just turn things around and whenever they're ready, they'll come my way. And that's what um, is just so rewarding about this. So just changing your mindset, saying that you're going to be a professional is key into finding your own niche and just owning it. I love that. Okay. I'm going to switch gears a little bit from this. Um, so there's got to be a lot of ups and downs with that. And I'm guessing maybe I'm wrong, but there's probably times, especially in the beginning, once you did really narrow down your niche, that it was kind of hard to stay confident knowing that that was going to work. How did you like, how do you deal with staying confident during that time? And, you know, do you have specific things that you know that you're working on when business is slow? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Perfect. So the first thing to do to stay confident when things are up and down is to accept the fact that you're going to have ups and downs and that you're not going to be confident. Um, I think (laughs) that was my first thing Mm -hmm. that I had to know. I was very hard on myself at first whenever I had down times like, oh my gosh, is my business going to fail? Is nobody going to come to me anymore? Um, But then I just had to accept it's literally part of our lives as entrepreneurs to be unconfident and to not have steady income. That's probably why most of the population doesn't pursue entrepreneurship because of the lack of security that it has. Some businesses obviously have passive income that can secure them for the months ahead, but some other businesses who are just starting, they don't have that security. And so obviously it is very worrisome in that aspect. But my number one thing that I did whenever business might be up or down, or I might be feeling unconfident was I talked to my community of friends on Instagram Um, It is very likely that there's someone in your expertise, so for me, branding and website design, that are also experiencing up and downs in that time. 
So just knowing for me that you're not alone was such a rewarding aspect to see that I wasn't the only one struggling. I wasn't the only one not getting clients in a month. Um, and then just talking through them with that and just sharing your same experiences to lift each other up. And then second thing, just be even thankful that you have up seasons in business and have those great months because I think the percentage of successful entrepreneurial ventures is very low because people are not going to continue their business because of that lack of security or just their, how hard it is. So whenever you have those up seasons, you need to literally just praise them, praise the little victories and just be so happy that you do have these amazing moments and then keep thinking of those. I know sometimes whenever I have big accomplishments, I like to write it down on a sticky note and put it on my desk or my notepad so that whenever I do get down on myself, I can look down and be like, wow, I hit a 12K month that month and I know that I can do it again. I did it once. I just need to work hard for it. Um, and so that all comes down to mindset. That's awesome. So how, how have you found community? I know you said on Instagram, but if someone's feeling like they are all alone, what are some of those tips to get plugged in? I think a lot of that reason is why we started the foyer and started this podcast. So if you're here, yay, you have community. Join us on Instagram and all of that fun party. But but I think especially in your industry specifically, how did you um, find that connection and, and genuine connections? So Instagram, of course, is my best friend. Um, so I am 22 and I think I'm considered a millennial, even though I don't consider myself a millennial. <laughs> I was born in 99. So I like to say that I'm a 90s baby, but my sisters would tell me different. Um, and so I grew up with technology. I had my first cell phone in fourth grade. And it was like a flip phone, of course, but I got it at a very young age. My older sisters didn't get cell phones until they were in high school. And so very different. And so I grew up with all of that technology around me and I think surrounded myself by it. I loved technology. And so whenever I needed a community, I literally opened my Instagram and I found other branding and website designers, whether that be searching them in the bar saying Brandon website designer and then finding those people with that or you can always search on hashtags for branding and website designers or there's also even entrepreneurial hashtags such as creative community create and cultivate all these other things and even if you want to dive into like faith-based business those are also fun things to search around the, the internet is just huge and it's endless on what you can search. And so that's where I began doing things. And with that, I found friends that I met on Instagram, I met in person and we still talk and we exchange numbers and now we're friends. And that's just the beauty of growing in an internet community where you can meet somebody online, you can meet up in person and it's like, you know, them 100% because Internet nowadays is just so easy to conversate through. Just as an example, like we're on this call right now. I've never met y'all in person, but we're sitting here talking <laughs> I face to face. I feel like I have because I've talked to you so much. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? That's how, that's the power of the yeah. internet and just video calls in general. Um, even for me, voice memoing is like praise. I love voice yep. memoing people mm -hmm. and just hearing other voices is so key. Um, it's not just necessarily texting somebody or having words sent. It is being able to hear their voice and having like a face to a name. 
that's always mm-hmm. just so amazing. But just find that community on whatever social media you can. Join your Facebook groups. There's so many Facebook groups out there. Um, and then just dive right in. Don't be scared to DM somebody. It's not like you're going on like a first date or something and you're like scared <laughs> to be like a stalker. Um, right. Just reach out because there is such a high chance that somebody out there is also wanting a community. And so when you message them, it's just going to brighten up their day. Yeah, I so agree. I think even like commenting on other people's posts, if you're if you're a little shy about just sending a DM, I found like, you know, consistently showing up in their feed, supporting them kind of like allows them to notice you in a way and then it, you know, can be more organic too. I love it. Such great advice. Yes. So you touched on this a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about your faith as far as your business goes. Because I know you mentioned that um, finding faith-based business can be a really powerful part of a community, which Kelsey and I have found as well. So let's kind of dive into that. Yeah. So I think my faith really is so essential to my business. I mean, in decisions, I pray so hard about decisions because ultimately I have zero control over how my life plays out. I mean, I can try as hard as I can to control it, but God ultimately already has a plan for me and has whatever I need figured out. He already has figured out. So I pray about everything, whether that be months that I struggle and I'm saying, God, please just help me to have the income that you want me to have. It's not necessarily to have the income that I want because of course everyone wants highest income, But there are times where God doesn't want us to have all that income because of our mindset. If we get too much caught up on the worldly things and not on the higher vision. Um, And just with that, putting prayer in everything is so key to my business. But also with clients, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very transparent, intentional, and graceful with everyone. And I do think that that is my Christian qualities that I have learned being grown up in a Christian family, going to church. And just learning things through my own devotion and Bible studies, I think um, transparency is key with honesty in your faith to 100% be openly honest with those that you're around. Second is being intentional. We all want someone to be serious and really open about the decisions that they make. And it's truly important with decision when investment comes into play. So when somebody pays me thousands upon thousands of dollars to um, do their branding or their website, I want to make sure that I'm so intentional and upfront with them because I want them to know that I do care and do want the best for their business as I what in my own self. Um, And then lastly, is just to be graceful. I feel like I'm such a graceful person and that's not me bragging, but I have had so many clients in the past who just need to pause their project because of personal reasons, or I need to pause my own projects because I have personal reasons. Um, And so giving grace to everyone in business is so, so essential nowadays. Mental health is so important. Just being a workaholic and um, wanting to go, go, go all the time um, isn't always the best thing. And so giving grace in those seasons saying like, hey, I need to take it slow. I need to back up Um, because you're your own business owner. You're the CEO. You can do that. You can say, hey, I'm going to take a two week vacation and I'm going to get out of here and stop working. Um, Actually, next week, I'm going to be going to Texas because I'm like, I need some time away. And so I'm taking that. Yeah, I'm taking that away and just kind of stepping back. But I also like to keep the mindset that I did not get here by the things that I do. Um, 
so many people in entrepreneurship and even mentorships, I'm starting to do some mentorships with other business owners. They say, what did you do to get in your business? What's your advice to get into business? And honestly, I there's no right answer in creating or starting a business. And there's nothing that I did right that made me lead here. It was all because I continuously prayed for God to use my own skill set to set me up for success, whether that be to be in a corporate job or not have a job at all or to be in entrepreneurship. I kind of had that trust aspect where I was like, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust in you and see where this goes because I worked in corporate world for a year and I don't think that that wasn't an unintentional. I knew that I was supposed to work in corporate world for one year to see what it was like, just give it a chance because I obviously could have started working my business full time and just decided not to for some reason. And then one year later, here I am in business and it's just growing and growing and I'm able to do that. So God just kind of took my skill set and created something bigger than I even thought for myself. And I just think that that's such a key foundation in having faith in your business. And I think you'll totally agree with me saying this, but it's so important, even when we were talking about community before this, to have people in your corner that have that same mindset. And it's so cool to also have clients with that same mindset as well, because like you said, then, you know, grace is exchanged between the two of you and it just makes for a like a better experience, I guess. I don't, I don't know how else to say that, you know, but, um, like Kelsey and I say that we're coworkers all of the time, but that's a big, big part about it. If I am in a place where I'm just not focusing and not, um, letting the Lord just lead where my business wants to go, Kelsey will 110% be like, hold up, stop a second and like, let's recheck. (laughs) Um, so I, I just love that. (laughs) Yeah. I 100% think that it's so key. And like you said, yeah, whenever you deal with another faith business owner, it's a completely different experience. I recently had a client who her sister passed away during our project. And so we obviously had to pause her project but I wasn't sure about her faith. And, but what I did was I sent her this cute little gift basket and Bible verses and all the prayers that I've been praying for her in one area. And honestly, sending that, I was really scared because I was like, oh no, like, what if she doesn't like believe? What if she's not like a Christian? Um, I could have overstepped my boundaries, but you know what? God was just kind of like, Chloe, you need to send this encouragement to her because she's really struggling right now. And I did. And she emailed back and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised. Like that was such a great gift. It was so thoughtful. And she was really thankful that I had sent her just a little snippet of prayer encouragement um, in that time because she needed it. And I'm glad that I could just encourage her in that way. And then then we found out that both of us believe the same thing, which is also a rewarding experience as well. Yeah. It's so, you don't really think about when you get into entrepreneurship, it's easy to overlook it as such a platform to, I mean, everywhere is a platform to spread God's love, but just looking at those daily interactions, your client interactions, just a way to be Jesus to other people. So that's really cool to hear how you've, how you've done that. I'm curious. I want to know what is the best piece of advice you have for somebody starting out in entrepreneurship, either, something that you have heard that impacted you or something you've learned that you would like to share with others? 
Of course. So I actually came or come from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad is an entrepreneur. My grandparents are entrepreneurs. My sister is an entrepreneur. Um, cousins. And if they're not an entrepreneur, they do have a side hustle that they continuously work on. (laughs) So I grew up around this lifestyle and I grew up with a mom that was able to be at home and a dad that was able to be at home with me. And my mom was able to pick me up from school and on weekends we would all be here. And I was very fortunate in that aspect. And I think that really cultivated the family just relationship that I wanted for my family one day. So a lot of people will say that in college, whenever I was homesick, that I was the lame person because I always missed home. But I always take time so seriously um, because even grandparents, I lost a grandparent a few years ago and I always look back and I'm like, man, I wish I wasn't a teenager at that time because I didn't appreciate the time that I had with him. Um, And so I wanted to take my business full time and I was so, so scared. And my husband told me that I was ultimately being my own chain. And so with that being said, I was the one holding myself back. I was chaining myself down. I was like, hey, like, I can't do it. You know what? I want the security of a full-time job in a corporate world. And I'm just not so sure that I want it. And so he kind of told me that my parents aren't holding me back. He's not holding me back. My cousins, my family's not holding me back. It's me. Mm -hmm. And so we all do that in entrepreneurship. We all hold ourselves back, whether that be starting your business, making a crazy investment of six figures. I don't know how much investment you would make, but if it's a big investment, you're going to hold yourself back. And I think that that was the best piece of advice that I had received because it was straightforward. Like he told me, you are holding yourself back. And, and from um, your husband. Yes. <laughs> That's oh. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So just taking that with a, a huge um, perspective and saying, I'm not going to hold myself back anymore. I'm going to do what I want. And um, at this age, I have a lot more to live, hopefully. And um, I'm going to just take advantage of every moment and every time that I have with everyone. I'm going to make those intentional moments with family and just set up for a great future for my future family, too. Heck yeah. I I mean, I'm not that much older than you, but I wish I was – when I was your age, then I – if I would have started everything I wanted to back then, just where I would be now, I feel like maybe it would be – I don't know. But it's just <laughs> – I'm a little yeah. jealous of that. Way to go for it. Way to yeah, listen seriously. to that advice and run with it. Yeah. I think when I was a freshman in college, I was just – going to go visit my boyfriend, now husband. And that's all I was worrying about. <laughs> so uh, I love it. This has been so, so good, Chloe. Um, a couple things we love to do at the end of episodes are a round of rapid fire questions. And then we're just gonna kind of let you brag yourself up and tell all the people where we can find you. So I'm going to run through those questions. You ready? Ready. <laughs> Okay. What is your favorite piece of business software? Business software, ClickUp. Mm-hmm. Seriously, oh. best click ever. Oh, it's a project management software. So it's kind <gasps> of like Asana, kind of like Trello, but ClickUp has every platform within one. I actually did a podcast episode solely <gasps> on ClickUp because it's a life changer. And actually, after this call, I have somebody helping me implement more ClickUp things. So what? you can create dashboards. You can create. You um, like it better than like Trello or Asana. I'm just yes. switching mine right now. 
Yes. Yeah, like, so I week, actually so. tried <laughs> I need both to look of at those. That yeah. I tried okay. Trello and um, Asana before. ClickUp kind of combines everything and you can customize it into anything that you want. So if you like board view, list view, um, mm-hmm. if you want different views, there's a chat feature for you and your clients. You can have dashboards that overview your finances. Um, and so I use it for my client-based um, interactions. So talking with clients, getting things from them, but I also do it with my own project management side of things. And then I do it with my own internal business processes. So I have different things for every different aspect of business. And it has been my holy grail thing that I'm obsessed with. All right. I need to, first off, we will put in the show notes your podcast episode to listen to it. And I'm going to go check that out right after Yay. this. So love it. Awesome. What is your Enneagram number? Or do you know what your Enneagram number is? Yes, I'm Enneagram two wing three. So I am the helper. Um, I have learned so many things about my Enneagram. And essentially, I love to help other people and I am an achiever for my wing three, but I do have those withholding beliefs in myself. So like lack of confidence sometimes can come into play. Um, but my husband I think is a two as well. And so we kind of go into the same realm. We're like, Oh gosh, but the worst (laughs) quality about a two is indecisiveness. So if you need any decisions, I can help my way. (laughs) I can help you out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an eight. She's like, I got yeah, it. I'm an Enneagram eight. <laughs> oh. But um, I go to a two when things are like healthy and good. I take on qualities of two. So, <laughs> which hasn't happened lately, but it's fine. <laughs> Just I love kidding. It. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, how many sticky notes are on your desk right now? Or, are you, I mean, you said sticky notes, or are you a notebook person? Yeah, you don't want to see my desk right now. <laughs> I kind of do. I have, <laughs> I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven notebooks on my desk. I'm my kind of girl. Yep. <laughs> That's me too. All right. If you could fly anywhere right now, money wasn't an object, where would you go? Switzerland. Ooh, why? <laughs> yeah, so I um, I am terrified of flying I oh, okay. have gotten better about <laughs> so it <nowhere>. over the years. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten better about it over the years because I just kind of, I love traveling and I know I have to get over that barrier. Um, so I'm like starting small. I've flown to Florida, Tennessee. I'm flying to Dallas. I've flown to Illinois by myself. So I'm getting so much better. <laughs> um, but I just don't like the idea of flying like overseas So that's Mm -hmm. kind of my next thing. But Switzerland, I've seen so many photos of just like the views. I'm such of like a mountainous view person over a beachy person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I definitely want to go there one day. And my husband's grandparents have traveled everywhere except for like one country. And so they said Switzerland was one of their top visits. So I definitely want to go there. On the bucket list. I love it. How many unread emails are in your inbox right now? (laughs) <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> her face she's like oh um, boy 2261 <laughs> yes thank you sorry I just yelled and blasted everyone's eardrums but finally someone on my speed yeah <laughs> on my so personal funny. email not my business email I have 10,684 <laughs> yes. so you're that kind of person <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious I love it I, I am I am you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right. And the last one, how many beverages are out on your desk right now or typically? And what are they? Two, coffee and water. Those are my main things. I normally have some sort of latte on my desk and then my hydro flask with water because recently my husband got on to me for not drinking water enough. I used to drink probably less than eight ounces a day. Chloe, <laughs> then, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. So my dietitian clients also yeah, told me do you not have do dietitian that. dietitian clients. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't so, even think um, about that. Yeah. I transitioned (laughs) to a gallon water diet, so I've been drinking out of a gallon, and then now that I'm aware of what I'm drinking, I moved to a 24-ounce hydro flask, so I usually drink a few of those a day, and now I'm good to go on the water thing. Good, good. (laughs) I'm glad. That makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) Well, Chloe, we so appreciate you being here. I just want to open up the floor a minute, give you... A chance to brag yourself up, share where anyone can find you, any exciting things you have going on or anything we missed in earlier on in the episode. Perfect. And so being my Enneagram too, I don't like talking about myself <laughs> much, so I'm going to do it the best of my ability. But um, you can always find me at Chloe Creative Studio basically on any social, so Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest or um, on my website at chloecreativestudio.com. And I always encourage if you're an entrepreneur that needs business help or needs branding and website help, and this doesn't mean that I'm going to be salesing you all the time. It's essentially a Facebook group called Better Branded Business. And in that Facebook group, I go live all the time with just free advice on people who need help. And you can ask anyone in there. It's literally People ask me questions in there and I'll type back and answer it 100% free content. I'm not going to ever post in there, hey, my services are this. Be sure to book me. Um, (laughs) It's essentially just a safe space for you to ask questions with me being a professional in my field and nurture that opportunity for your own business. And so you can find me there at Better Branded Business. I encourage you to join if you're an entrepreneur. Um, But yeah, and then that is where you can find me. Awesome. And you have a podcast too. What's your podcast called? Yes, I do. We have both a have podcast. dogs also. So you're, fine. <laughs> you're good. I'm shocked we haven't heard mine yet. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I do have a podcast. It's called um, Brand and Brew. So I had to name so it cute. after my love for coffee. And so on Brand and Brew, I essentially talk about branding essentials, website essentials, and I'm very openly transparent about the behind the scenes in my business. So I walk y'all through tangible things that I do in my business, financials, how I manage my financials on that. Um, And I do have lots of guests on there ranging from other entrepreneurs to dietitians talking about some health and wellness things that you can implement in your own life that I have found helpful for me. Um, And I just love that podcast episode too. Cool. Ah, so good. Chloe, thank you so much. This has been I'm, I'm glad we could like meet face to face now. I feel like we've been talking for a while now. Chloe is actually one of my clients. So that's how we got connected. But this is yes. so fun. She's so, the best. Yeah. Well, thanks. So thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, feel free to shoot us a DM or shoot Chloe a DM if you have any questions. If you would be so kind to leave us a rating and review, we would so, so appreciate it. That's how we can find our amazing guests like Chloe. So that's all we got for you. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.